I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your Friday episode. Guess what, everyone? We have terrible if not maybe wonderful news. That's two opposite things. Well, it's going to be a different experience for everyone. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it going to be terrible for me? I think for you it's a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm great with it. Starting in July, we're going back to one episode a week. Why oh. are we doing this, everyone? Well, when quarantine, shelter in place happened, we started doing two episodes a month. I mean, a week. And so now we're busy. So that's eight to ten episodes <laughs> a month. And uh, and it made sense for where we were at and our, our other day jobs with Octopus and Uberloop. And those are picking up again here in the summertime. Uh, so we're going back to one episode a month. Some of you, really, we got some emails. Some people love the two episodes. And some people were like, too much. ah, <laughs> it's overwhelming. So don't worry. We will still do that bonus episode. So you'll get an extra episode every month as well. And maybe if we go back into quarantine in the wintertime, we'll go back to two episodes. So, and Hot and Source Yoga is opening. Hey, yes. I'm so excited. So oh if you're a Hot God. Source Yoga member, check that out. Get me in there. You definitely have to make an appointment. And they're only taking... You make an appointment? Oh, you book you your book spot. Your, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then yeah. you have to go in and out the same door. Was that July 1st? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. I want to go sweat in a room. I want to do all the I'm things. I'm canceling my gym membership. Yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, let's see. What else? So this episode is with Holly Randall from the Holly Unran- Holly Randall Unfiltered, not the Holly Unrandall, the Holly Randall Unfiltered podcast. She's part of our, in our podcast network, the Pleasure Podcast Network. Uh, she's a, an erotic photographer and she has an awesome podcast that talks all about the adult industry and is really showing what's really going on porn in the sex toy world, etc. It's deeper than that even. It's yeah. like really getting to know some of these folks that work behind the cameras yes, and also in front of the cameras. Yep. And she's awesome. She's so well-spoken. She's amazing. She's been in the industry, pretty much was born into the industry. Her and mom was in the porn, or not, she was a porn, or photographer. Direct, she's a photographer, photographer. Yes. And she does an incredible Erotic photography. Photographer. Yeah. Yeah, she's very, very talented. You'll love this episode. Yeah. It was really fun. And we were on her podcast too, so you can go check it out, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Uh, we have a sex question that we will answer. I'm just going to give a quick life update because I've had a lot of feedback from the breakup episode that we just did two days ago. Today's Thursday. Released on Tuesday. I uh, My relationship ended Sunday. Wow. It's only been five days. And you're back <laughs> together. Just kidding. No. No, no. Um, so just a, a quick little little update. So let's see. I gave you, if you listen to that episode, you know what happens like Sunday through Tuesday and, um, you know, going through all the motions and I have my breakup formula, which I have to tell you is brilliant. And I know, I know that there are plenty of other ways and it's, there's different ways to do it for everyone. But the combination of, for me of asking for help from all my friends, being surrounded by them pretty much all the time. I've been sleeping alone, but some of them have offered, like, do you want me to sleep in your bed? And having my little dog here and tequila and therapy. And I did hypnotherapy, getting in nature and exercise. And I'm just feeling um, lighter and more free every day. It just fucking... Like Leggy? wonders like your dog well it just i mean the the power of feeling so loved and supported is it, there's there's nothing else that compares to that and i think especially if you've been you know feeling you're lost which this- is funny because i was going to play that Sinead o'connor song nothing compares to you well i know nothing compares to me Chip. i know yeah nothing compares. that's why i was going to sing that and nothing song compares you. to you either you're amazing that song's it's timeless. We should play that after this, actually. Maybe we should fun. do our, our one-star <gasps> review reads with yes, that with song. That song. In the Let's do that. 
I woke up tonight and I found something on me. I don't know what the, all the words are, but I better <laughs> look. Guess what he told me? This episode is actually going to be us singing. Yeah, the whole time. No. The whole entire time. Everyone shuts off their yeah. radio now. Yeah. So anyways, if you're wondering, I am getting lighter every day. I still really love that person, too. That's not changing, but you I... You seem a little lighter today. I feel a lot lighter. I was just singing and dancing to Outcast Speaker Box Happy oh, yeah. Valentine's She's Day like, I'm going to get this song stuck in your head. <laughs> I was my, like, yeah. I got to go. My other friend played it for me, and she's like, Happy Valentine's Day, every day on the 14th. Anyways, Ooh, okay. Yeah, little dog. I got my hair done today. Yeah, you look good. Things are back. Now Woo. I just need to get my ratchet ass toes done mm. you want to see something scary you take off these socks oh yeah <laughs> foot fetishist let us well, know we'll send you a photo yes i had gel on so i peeled off the gel which is never good for anyone 50 bucks a photo oh god no i don't know if i'd even want to put those out there we're gonna donate it to black i'm gonna Lives tag Matter. it amy baldwin if i <laughs> if i have any oh, no. if, I, if i have any foot photos out there i'll give you my feet too they're not looking good that's like when i meet people and they're like can i have your number i'm like sure my name's Amy Baldwin. <laughs> five, five, five. <laughs> now it makes sense. It'd be like, oh, hey. All right. So before we do a sex question, everyone, uh, we're going to play the last trailer of the series. I know a lot of people are not in quarantine anymore. Thank goodness for that right now with what I'm going through. And uh, so these are these trailers with, with folks that are in our podcast family in the Pleasure Podcast Network. You've heard various ones, Body Storytelling, uh, American Sex Podcast. Sex Talk with my ma'am. Meme. Ma'am. All of the above. And now this was with Sex Out Loud, which is with Tristan Tormino. Amazing, amazing educator and activist. She's incredible. Incredible. And so here's a little trailer for you on tips for dealing with quarantine. And if you're not quarantined, just dealing with any sort of aloneness and isolation in your partnership or your lovership. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Hi, I'm Tristan Taramino, the host of the podcast, Sex Out Loud. I'm answering the Pleasure Podcast's question of the month and telling you my number one sex tip for quarantine. Use this opportunity to expand your definition of intimacy. It might include mutual masturbation, an erotic massage, dirty text messages, or a new sex toy connected to an app. And if you're in the mood for some pleasure and politics, listen to my podcast, Sex Out Loud. I've always wanted to meet Tristan in person. I kind of worship her. I would like to meet her. Tristan, yeah. if you're listening, she's not listening. <laughs> One of my friends went to a party that she hosted once, and it sounded incredible. I wasn't invited. Tristan, you're amazing. Everyone go check out the Invite sex us out. to your parties. I'm just kidding. Look up your parties. <laughs> we'll drive down because you're only in L.A., so we can drive instead of flying because flying's scary right Kristen now. went to her party. You know Kristen. Oh, I love Kristen. Yeah. Kristen, if you're listening. We love you. We love you. Are you ready for a sex question? Yeah. All right. I'm someone who has a strong affinity for porn. I first came across it a bit at a very young age. In the past few years, I've learned a lot about human trafficking and sex trafficking in relation to the porn industry. Ever since, I've started thinking about this, and I have felt a lot of guilt about enjoying porn. I'm personally pro-sex workers, and I think legal sex work would be ideal. Do you know of ethical porn that you could recommend or how to find it? Can you talk a little bit more about porn guilt? I think uh, Erica Lust does very ethical porn. I think a lot of the ethical porn you'll find female directors, you know, vulva-owning directors. Same with Brie Larson? Brie Mills. Brie Mills. Brie Mills. It, Brie Mills, it's ethical in terms of the working conditions. Brie Mills was on our podcast. Brie Lars, Larson is someone, isn't she a famous actress? I don't know. I think she might be. Well, Scratch the Brie Larson. Don't look up Brie Larson. Brie yeah, Mills. Brie Mills. Brie Mills. Yeah, Brie Mills has adult, uh, adult time, like the Netflix of porn. Yes. Um, ethical meaning. And you listen to that episode, actually, that we had with Brie Mills, the interview that was only in the last two months or so. Um, and then Erica Lust also has ethical porn, too. So it does exist. It just depends on what you're into. I know that Brie Mills on adult time has every genre possible, and everyone gets fairly paid, and they get to choose what they want want to do yeah brie larson is that academy award-winning actress whoops well well she doesn't make porn everyone close enough sorry my uh miss facts yes that's okay it happens i it feel happens. like oh me you corrected yourself i did that's cool yeah and so the guilt here so yeah i mean i i believe i'm pro-sex work as well i believe april is too and i think it'd be awesome if it would be legal because then they would have more legal rights and protection over themselves and and um, that's just not where we're at, at least here right now. But hey, in the Netherlands, 
and, and Australia and Australia and the guilt. I understand why you might feel that when you're just looking on Pornhub and you're finding some rant, especially the ones where you're like, that person does not look like they're having a good time. And so I get it because you're, you're and you're probably more empathetic than you're giving yourself credit for. Maybe you're just really able to feel into this, to the person's experience. I mean, we can tell even just from an image, I can usually be like, you know, unless they're a phenomenal actor, I can't tell shit. But in a lot of porn, I can tell. I'm like, this this is a performance. Yeah. And doesn't feel like it's really about their pleasure and their body. Now, who knows what, you know, if they're forced into it or not. I don't think, I don't think we should outlaw something just because a, a lot of people in the industry maybe are coming from a trauma place. Because a lot of people love it. A lot of performers choose this. It's empowering uh, it's you know they make a fair amount of money in it. They they enjoy being in front of the camera in that way. So it does exist. There's an art to it all as well, especially the stuff that is ethically made. Yeah, and the performers are paid well. Yeah, actually, I think on this podcast, Holly, I don't remember if it was us on her show or when she was on ours, but she did go into some of the ethics. Yeah. of it and because we had asked about- Brie Mills was talking about that on the yes. episode again look up for the last two months of uh, episode Brie Mills I think it was like an inside look into the porn industry or the, yeah. no, maybe it's called the Netflix of porn something and like that and then we also interviewed a porn star. Larkin yeah. Love yeah 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 she yeah. was awesome her tongue and she's a badass yeah and yeah. she does a lot of her own creative work as well mm-hmm. so and I think that one thing would be to go and find a performer that you like and go and learn more about them too and and turn them into a person you might because they are well which Larkin Love actually answered on that podcast how to find folks and support them mm-hmm. and she was saying a lot of them do they have their own account on certain where, I don't, where fan they, base they, they or, make most of the money they make most of the yeah. money so there are ways and there's someone that you are particularly into uh, watching on the telly or on your laptop then the telly it's it's a great idea to, to go directly in and support them and yeah. definitely support your your favorite porn stars mm-hmm. and giving your money to something that you know is actually going directly to them and not to anyone else i think is an, an important way to yeah. to uh show your love especially if you really dig porn that's that, all good i dig porn and that can help from the guilt you know to to learn more about the company the director um the yeah, production company the performers themselves and and make turn them into a person in your mind because that's what they are and um and then support them and then don't you don't need to feel guilty because you're like i'm helping this person live a great life by doing it this way so um, yeah, it exists. Thank you for the question. And this, hopefully this podcast will give you more information. Before we dive into the podcast, we are going to share a little information about Dipsy. You all have heard us talk about Dipsy before. It is an online app where you can listen to short erotic stories designed by Volvo owners for Volvo owners uh, to get you in the mood anywhere you want to, anytime you want to, whether it's just for yourself or for your, your lover. We get a lot of listeners that say, it's hard for me to get into my body, feel my desire, turn into my eroticism. This is a great way. Just go turn on one of these stories. And we've heard this from listeners who have uh, used Dipsy as well as my clients. And they have said some phenomenal things about it, like getting them real like turned on. So it is really, really well done. It's D-I-P-S-E-A, by the way. And not only do they have this a beautiful selection of erotic stories. They also have this guides and how to section that I love. One of which the sexting as seduction. I'm a terrible sexter. So I listen to their nine minute guided how to on how to talk dirty via sexting. And it was really cool. They also have like texting what you mean, um, and some self touch guidance. So check it out. Go to D I P S E A shameless sex listeners get a 30 day free trial. When you go to again, dipsystories.com slash shameless, that's 30 days, totally free to try it on your own. When you go to D I P S E A stories.com slash shameless again, dipsystories.com slash shameless. Give me that bio chip. You want a bio? Let's learn about Holly Randall, y'all. She's awesome. Holly Randall is an erotic photographer and host of the Holly Randall Unfiltered podcast, a series that sheds light on those working in the adult industry and explores all topics of sex with authors, educators, and advocates. Holly interviews some of the biggest names in the adult industry and various non-porn guests who touch on the subject of sex in one way or another. 
With an honest and humorous outlook on life, Holly strips away the misconceptions on people who work in the sex industry and offers sex-positive discussions on various social and political issues. You can follow Holly on both Instagram and Twitter at hollyrandall.com. To learn more, visit hollyrandallunfiltered.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-R-A-N-D-A-L-L, unfiltered.com. All right, to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time. This one is with a, another member of our podcast family, the Pleasure Podcast Network. We are in this wonderful network with, I think there's nine or 10 of us now, uh, Sex Talk with my mom. We've actually done a podcast with them, Tristan Tormino's podcast, American Sex Podcast. And this time we are with, as you heard in the bio, Holly Randall from Holly Randall Unfiltered, who has a lot of experience in the erotic photography slash um, adult film industry. And uh, she also has a podcast, as you heard, which I have listened to numerous times. Um, definitely check it out. I'm sure that this will make you want to check it out. Although she did just say it's a boner killer. So <laughs> she'll explain why she said that. I'm sure people still get boners. People get boners for all kinds of reasons. Um, we always start with the same question for our guest, Holly. And uh, yours is a little more uh, tailored. So... How did you get to where you are today? You specifically said that you grew up in the adult industry. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So my mom is Suze Randall. Um, she's a pretty well-known erotic photographer. And she she also made some movies back in the 70s and um, was, you know, extremely popular in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. She was the first female staff photographer for Playboy. Um, she shot for Penthouse, she shot for Hustler, she shot for pretty much all the men's magazines, and in her day, she was truly at the top of her game. My father helped her run her business. They've been together since they were about 21 years old, so, you know, basically forever, and um, I'm their first child. And they moved here from England in 1974 uh, to work for Playboy, so we can actually Thank you, Hefner, for my mom's um, green card. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hef. And uh, and then I was born in 1978 while she was working at Hustler. Um, my birth was actually announced in the back of Hustler magazine. Ooh. There is a picture of my mom, like it's a staged photo, but it's a picture of my mom with me in a sling, breastfeeding, like while she's like shooting a shooting a lady. Um, it's a pretty funny photo. So um, that's kind of like my my first claim to fame. And uh, I started working for them when I was about 20 years old. I was, I'd always wanted to be a photographer, but, you know, since the age of 12, when I really started to get into it, I wasn't obviously at that age imagining that I would be working in the adult industry. I wanted to be a fashion photographer. I always knew what my parents did for a living. Um, from an early age, I think my parents explained to me that they, you know, took photos for grownups. And that was kind of like the extent of the conversation until I got older and I understood more along the lines of what that was. And um, so when I was 20, I was about halfway through photography school, wasn't really feeling it. And they just happened to have launched their website, Suze.net, because this life-changing technology came along called the internet. (laughs) And that changed everything for my parents. My mom had the largest private library of erotic photography. I think we can safely say that because she was adamant about always owning her images. Um, There's a lot of other photographers who were her contemporaries, but they worked, you know, almost exclusively for publications such as Playboy, such as Penthouse, and they never owned their pictures, you know, the publications that they shot for in their pictures. My mom was always adamant about owning her own photos. So when the internet came along, she was in an incredibly fortunate position because she owned so much content and um, she was already an established name. So she kind of threw up this website and started posting her photos and um, it just exploded. They just started like making so much money. They didn't know what to do with it. It was, it was crazy. There'll never be another time like that, you know, and they just were so lucky. Their timing was so good and they were very overwhelmed. They asked me if I would consider moving from Santa Barbara, which is where I was going to school, 
um, to LA um, to move back in with them and then help them run the website. And at first I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that as a transitionary thing, you know, because um, I, I still didn't think I was going to really end up working in the adult industry. I thought I'd help my parents out with like office admin stuff. That's really what they needed me for at the beginning. And then I just found that I really enjoyed it. My mom cultivated a kind of environment that is so much different than a lot of other porn companies. And I think definitely different than what a lot of people imagine porn companies are like. Um, being run by a woman, she was very, you know, pro-feminist in the way that she was very adamant about how you treated the models, how um, they were the most important people on set. Our stuff was always really high glamour, beautiful. She spent a ton of money on makeup artists, set design, styling. And back then the internet afforded us so much freedom that you could really shoot whatever you wanted. And it was amazing. We would, we'd sit down on a Monday and we'd be like, okay, what are we going to shoot next week? Like, what do we feel like doing? Do we feel like doing like a forties gangster theme? Do we feel like doing an outdoor tropical sauna? Like anything that you wanted to shoot, like we could do it and we could sell it because we had this platform that people were so responsive to and you could basically do anything you wanted to make money. So it was, it was a different world back then. And, um, you know, and we had a, she had a great staff and my mom, you know, taught me everything I know. And it was just like a really, it was a really positive environment. It was really, it was a really great time, really great time. And you have had your podcast since I think 2016, right? 2016? Sure. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Like, I think I'm coming up on three years um, in, uh, that's a great question. I should know this. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I should really know this. Um, I am coming up on my three-year anniversary, I believe in August. So probably more like 2017. I mean, math's not my strong suit, but yeah. I believe that's correct. But I, I, don't get me wrong, I could, be, I could be totally wrong. Well, regardless, I think that what I was wanting to ask you is you started your podcast and it was your inspiration behind it was you seeing how mainstream media portrayed the adult industry, the porn industry, and you, I think, wanted to give folks out there an idea of what the adult industry was really like. So what is the adult industry really like, Holly? Well, my inspiration for actually starting my podcast was kind of twofold. That was definitely a part of it. But um, when I started my podcast, I was going through one of the, like, definitely the worst time in my career. Like my career had always kind of grown since I'd started. And I just had this horrible summer where I got fired from Playboy because Cooper Hefner came out, came in and decided he didn't like me. So they got taken over by an entirely new team of people and they booted me. One of my other main clients almost completely dropped me and went from doing like maybe eight to 10 shoots a month to like one <laughs> And, um, you know, being freelance, that's kind of, that's the game. Um, you are never guaranteed consistent work if you're not under contract. And I always refuse to sign a contract. And so um, I was in this whole, I was struggling with my alcoholism too at the time because I had relapsed after seven years. And so I was in this horrible place where I really felt like there was no, there was nowhere for me in the adult industry anymore. You know, the adult industry had been my home for so long and I felt like I had no place. And I thought to myself, okay, what can I do that's different from everybody else? Because there's tons of directors that are better than I am, amazing photographers. You know, like I used to have, you know, a stranglehold on the glamour market, but that wasn't the case anymore. There's so many talented people in the adult industry. And I thought, what can I do? What resources do I have? What skills, maybe talents do I have that other people don't? And I thought, well... I like to talk. <laughs> um, I know very well a lot of people in the adult industry. I forge good relationships with them. And um, I hear this podcasting thing, so I'll take it off. And I thought, um, 
And then my other thought was, you know, the mainstream media portrays the adult industry in such a skewed way. And could I maybe do something? Could I create a show where I could show the world what these people that I work with are are really like? You know, I, if you work in the adult industry, you you realize that it's such a different place than what most people think it is. This is granted, of course, that you're working with reputable ethical companies. We're not, not, it's not all good. And, um, and yeah, so I thought maybe, maybe I could, maybe I could be a voice for people in the adult industry. Maybe I could not be a voice, give them their voice, give them a platform where they could talk about who they are as people and how they really feel about their jobs and not the narrative that um, the mainstream media likes to push, which is, you know, all women are victims and they're broken and they're drug addicts and that kind of thing. And I honestly thought like, I decided on like doing a season. So I thought I'll do 10 episodes. It's probably not going to go anywhere. No one's going to care. And uh, here we are almost three years later. (laughs) It was a huge surprise. I did not expect it to be as successful as it's been. That's kind of how what happened with us. We started, we were both single. April was a recent divorcee. I was going through a heartbreak. We went on sex with Emily and loved our dynamic. And we'd always talked about starting a creative project together. And so we were like, let's start a podcast. We committed to five episodes. It was just, you know, we'll check in then and see if we want to keep going. And then surprise, we never checked in, just kept going. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just a surprise that it, you know, we found something that felt really, really good for us and that people obviously like. So I think that's wonderful when, when people really love what you have to share and there's a passion behind it too. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you kind of found your, obviously photography is one of your, your main passions and offerings, but is this, is this, a this platform, one of your, one of your, uh, your callings? You know, it, it has definitely become that way. When I first started, like I said, I'd never really expected it to go anywhere. And, you know, I just really wanted to like talk to my friends and, you know, uh, talk about what the industry was really like and kind of dispel the fantasy and, and lift the veil and all those kinds of things and talk about the hilarious and the crazy and and the truth. And then to be honest, when I realized that it could be more than that was actually the August Ames episode. And that was episode, I believe, number nine. And that was when she came on. And, you know, before that, it had been more, I wouldn't say like not serious, but it was never, we never got really that deep. And I asked her before the show, I said, hey, you know, I know that you struggle with depression. You've spoken about it openly on social media. Um, do you think that that's something you might want to talk about? You know, I know a lot of people can relate to that kind of thing. And she was like, sure. And I didn't think she was going to go as deep as she did. And she really opened up in a way that she never had before. And she talked about, you know, her past and sexual abuse she had endured and, um, you know, her suicidal thoughts and, um, deep, deep depressions that, you know, took her weeks to get out of bed I mean, I just remember the whole time, like kind of gripping the edge of the table being like, oh my God, oh my God, this girl's going to want to delete all of this afterwards. Like there's no way she's going to let me publish this. And so after the show, you know, I asked her, I was like, look, you talked about some serious stuff. Do you want me to take anything out? Because I offer that to all of my guests. And uh, she said, no, no, I don't. I I feel like a burden's been lifted from my shoulders. I feel really good about what I said. And I feel, you know, I feel a bit, I feel kind of relieved. I'm like, okay, you know, give it a couple days and see if you change your mind. And I I checked in with her at least three times before I released the episode. I offered to send her the raw footage so she could listen to it because I thought for sure there's no way that she would want me to release such an incredibly intimate personal conversation about her innermost evens. And she did. And we released it. And the way people responded to it was truly amazing. People really identified with how she felt with her depression. Um, so many people said, wow, you know, I, I see you as a human being now. I see you as a person. Like, And I think that kind of made me realize like the power of the podcast medium where you can really reach people and speak to people in a way that I think doesn't always 
I don't know, work in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously when she killed herself, then mm-hmm. that conversation took on a whole different meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, really that was kind of the first time that I realized that, you know, people might want to come on and talk about past traumas and talk about serious things that mattered to them and, and really open up in a place that they felt safe. And I felt honored that they felt that my show was a safe place to do that. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's when I realized that it could be more than just like a show of a talk, you know, talking about like guys who can't get their dicks hard. And like mm-hmm. the one time that the cum like shot over your head and hit the cameraman in the eye and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. That's, that's, yeah. right now, like, I want to hear that. <laughs> that's what you were mentioning to us too, where you're, you, you said your, your show, it can be a boner killer. Cause we were like your YouTube channel's blowing up and it's doing awesome. Everyone should definitely check that out. And, and you said, it's like, no, the, the sexual content, it, it can be a boner killer. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause we were crying <laughs> laughing. I was like, no. totally. <laughs> okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberloop to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's O-M-G-S dot com slash shameless to get $5 off your O-M-G-S access. Again, O-M-G-S dot com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. And it's funny too, because sometimes my guests will be like, should I talk about this? Because it's not very sexy. I'm like, we're not here to be sexy. <laughs> like we're here to tell the truth and we're here to be honest and we're here to be human beings. We're not here to be you know, our stage names are to be who we are. And I think that's what really resonates with people because when they watch these, these girls and these guys in these scenes, obviously they're fantasies, right? They're sexual fantasies. They're playing up a character and you know, that character is a part of who they are, but like everybody else, we're multifaceted. We're more than one thing. Um, so, so, you know, they can get that, that they can get Angela white, you know, sexy Angela white, um, talking dirty on, you know, thousands of videos, but to get Angela White talking about her college education and, and you know, her, her writing and um, her uh, degree in gender studies is something that you're not going to get, you know, on evilangel.com. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we definitely, you know, get into some funny stories. I mean, it's inevitable. It's a porn industry, right? It's kind of a I love my job, but let's be honest, like it can be quite ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I had a, one, one, a great episode of mine was having, um, Francois Clouseau and Mike Quasar on who are these both veteran directors. They've both been in the industry for over 20 years. I've worked for almost every company, have seen it all. 
And the stories that they tell are just so outrageous. You know, Francois once talked about um, how he was shooting an anal scene and somehow like there was some mishap and he got like poop in his eye. (laughs) And then there was another time that Mike Quasar said he was shooting like this box cover back in the nineties or something. And it was an anal, it's always anal, man. (laughs) It was like an anal movie and they literally rigged up this like pyrotechnics situation where it looked like fire was shooting out of this girl's ass. Like this was not Photoshopped or CGI or anything. They had like a tube that ran along like the side of her body, you know, taped to the side of the camera that you couldn't see attached to like a propane tank or something. I don't know. And then attached to the end of her butt. And then they would shoot fire from it and take these photos. Now this is an extremely dangerous thing to do. And there's no professional pyrotechnics on set. There's no stunt people on set. There's no like OSHA regulations. It's just like, I mean, she could have been seriously hurt. So but no one was injured, right? No one. Was no, nobody good. was injured. It wouldn't be a funny story if she no, was injured, no, no. Yeah. but she wasn't, so it's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just all these, you know, crazy stories like getting squirted on, um, getting accidentally come on. Um, it's kind of happened to all of us. It's <laughs> just part of the. You're job. trying to get like that one angle, and then it just oh, yeah. happened, right? You're like, no, you have you're to wear your goggles. Kind of, you're in the line of fire sometimes, man, and you just got it. You just kind of like. You got to realize that. And when you've been in the industry for a long time, like nothing phases you, you know, like we've all seen, I mean, we're dealing with human bodies. We're putting them through some extreme acts that most people don't do for long periods of time. Shit's going to happen. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think everybody who's been working for a long time in porn, like accepts that. And we're pretty, we're pretty mature about it. I I love I love hearing the behind the scenes and, and the the real the realism and I I get that a lot of people look at any sort of celebrity movie star porn star um, as not maybe not human or they're just they're just this this thing that they do and it's hard to imagine them having you know a childhood and this whole other life and then the behind the scenes of what the shoots look like and. I love, and I love the kind of the bloopers stories as well. I, I just, it just paints a picture. And I actually remember watching a porn video. We may have sold it at Pure Pleasure back in the day. And it, it was had, Pirates Behind the Scenes. Yeah, behind the, yeah, it was Behind the Scenes. And it was showing, and, and it was showing this, one of the. When Belladonna tore uh, the, she tore her butt. Remember that? I rewatched the extras for that like five times because I thought it was so awesome. She tore her butt? She tore her butt with a, uh, what's that? jenna jameson's finger or something oh wow oh, like, like her nail, nail. Oh. yeah and she her butt was bleeding oh. and i was like oh my god that's when i realized that they wore butt plugs before the anal scenes because that was never information that people had talked about was that what you were thinking or what, no what i was thinking was someone was doing a a deep anal scene and they shared that they actually didn't eat for like two days before they fasted oh. and at, right after the scene they ate like a whole pizza <laughs> oh yeah there's something a whole like, yeah secret and there's a whole method to doing anal scenes um a lot of times girls will and everybody's different everybody's like they figure out their own system um everybody uh like i said has their own way and you know some girls will stop eating like the day before gummy bears are very popular for anal scenes because they give you the blood the sugar that you might need to keep your blood sugar up but they don't like you're not gonna poop one thing you definitely don't want to eat is a salad. That's a real problem. Oh, Thou shall not God, eat really? salad before anal. <laughs> <laughs> that, there you go, everyone. Sex tip. Thou yeah. shall not eat salad. Gummy Just bears. Gummy though. bears. Gummy bear salad. That's a good idea. It's, it's colors. All that. the colors of the rainbow. I always say don't go in on like a heavy Indian food like <laughs> night before any anal. Yeah. I didn't know about the gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gummy bears are are a popular item for anal girls. should we include that in our sex ed anal programs now <laughs> probably <laughs> i think so i didn't know plugs and gummy bears yeah i like that i like it too so you've talked about so i love just an inside look to what the adult industry and the and the porn industry is a little different than the adult i know it gets kind of sometimes uh in it, it gets jammed into the same maybe tier or, or category <laughs> uh, and it i, I think there's misconceptions about both the porn industry and the adult industry on its own. And you've given us a look inside the porn 
for sure. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the most interesting people, though, from any side, the adult industry, the porn industry that you've interviewed. I know you talked about, um, obviously, the two directors. Is there anyone else that that story was either deep? I love that story about, I don't love it in a way that's like, lights me up, but I love it that you had this way to get deep with um, August, um, what was her last name? The August. Ames. August August Ames. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Was there anyone else that you'd like to share that some of our listeners can even tap into those episodes as well? Um, I would love to. Yeah. Um, Man, there's been some amazing ones. I've, uh, I've had men break down and cry on my show, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like guys that like Rob Piper is this like really like strong um, performer. Uh, uh, small hands when he was talking about how much he loves his wife, Joanna Angel. Like that was really amazing. Um, when he talked about how he was, you know, his father disowned him when he came into the adult industry because he came from a very strict religious background and then how he was accepted by like this new family, you know, in the adult industry and with Joanna's family and how much that meant to him and how he felt that he could finally be, you know, who he wanted to be. Um, I had a great, great interview with Adria Ray um, a few weeks ago, and she actually talked about how she really enjoys rough sex as a means to kind of help her deal from trauma she experienced from physical abuse when she was younger. And when I asked her to explain that, she talked about how engaging in rough sex in a consensual way with somebody that you trust Um, like on a porn set where is a place that a lot of people like to kind of um, work through maybe sexual issues or try new things because it is as, and again, I just have to preface this by saying, as long as you're working with an ethical company, it is a safe space to try these things because you're surrounded by other people, right? Communication is the most important thing on a porn set. Um, You know, we, we have the performers talk to each other before the scene, if they've not worked together before about what their do's and their don'ts are, um, you know, I hear out loud from the girl what her what her don'ts are, and if I see them being violated in any kind of way, or I can think that she might be uncomfortable, I call cut. She knows that she has the freedom to call cut whenever she wants. And so, what Adria Ray was saying is that um, you know it's a place that she gets to kind of relive this kind of physicality, but in a safe space where she feels like she's in control. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it because so many people think, you know, engaging in rough sex as a way to like deal with past physical trauma has got to be incredibly, you know, one would think like, well, that's the opposite of what you want to do. But she explained in a really eloquent way about how actually, no, it it really is beneficial for her. And also to how the intensity of a rough scene um, actually forces a kind of intimacy that you may not necessarily have um, in like a regular vanilla scene because the need for communication is so incredibly important. Mm. Um, And I just thought that was a really, really cool, keen insight into, you know, something that I was not terribly familiar with. I've never had any physical um, abuse in my life. So I just thought that she explained that in such an interesting way. And the ethical part is really a huge piece of that. Because yeah. Not all porn companies or directors or they're not treated, created equal. I'm, yes. I'm assuming that that's something that you want to look for and support our ethical companies uh, producing porn. Uh, and we've had Brie Mills on our show. I know you've had her on your show as well. And um, she's making um, amazing ethical porn. Are there any other companies out there? I mean, I would say Erica Lust is definitely one of them. Um, I would say like pretty much all of the big studios, especially now, you know, with the, with the spotlight that the adult industry has on them. Um, you know, they, they, they recognize just from like a PR standpoint that they got to really be careful about how they handle things. But, you know, mind geek, the company that I work for, I shoot for twisties. They're great. You know, if a girl shows up to set, and she looks at the script. I mean, I do send the script days before, but sometimes they don't look at it until they get to set. And she, there's something in there she doesn't want to do, something she's uncomfortable with. They're like, change it. You know, change it for whatever makes her feel good about it. Like, she doesn't want to do anal today. We're not going to do anal today. You know, like, we're not going to send her home and get somebody else or like push her into doing it. You know, otherwise she won't get paid. Like that kind of thing. So, um, 
I, I would say that that most porn companies are attempt to be ethical in their um in their you know filming, but obviously that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, a case of like insider baseball. It's like you kind of like if you're in the industry, like you know, like the directors that are kind of shady and the ones that aren't. Mm-hmm. So we have our to our listeners. We have, it's the dog show here because we all have dogs. I know. <laughs> yeah, it really, your is. dogs. My dog was just freaking out. So I want to apologize, to everyone, but they're getting used to Perry and Legend on our end. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about like it's getting to like time, ball yeah. throwing time right now. <laughs> and have this eternal clock. Yeah. And my brother lives in the guest house, and I think he stepped outside, and I think that they think that he might be throwing the ball for them, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're all- I've not heard anything <laughs> over there, so I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Guys. Is he throwing it? Is he throwing it? Is he throwing it? Well, we yeah. have uh, just one more question other than, of course, we wanted you to tell our listeners how they can find you, et cetera. You teach people how to do photography, I am assuming specifically erotic photography. And can you tell us, I think you said you did a whole video, something serious, something along those lines. Uh, if you can tell our listeners a little more about that uh, and if you have like a top tip or two and how they can build the perfect sexy shot for their lover. Yeah. So I was actually teaching live uh, workshops for quite a while. I was doing them about twice a year and I did stop doing them. I'm not saying I won't pick them up again, but they were just a lot of work. And like financially for me, it just made more sense for me to like shoot for other companies. It's very like mentally um, exhausting because I've got like, you know, seven people that I need to like all give attention to and teach them how to shoot. And they they were wonderful. Like I, I, I loved my students, but it was just a lot. So I thought that perhaps I would uh, change that to doing maybe some online courses. And I managed to get one done on basic studio lighting and then the pandemic hit and I wasn't able to finish those courses. So hopefully once this quarantine lifts, I'll be able to go back and, and shoot all the other courses that I planned. But yeah, I mean, that the thing about photography is it's so complicated and there's so many different variables and, you know, you're, you're never not learning. Um, but I will say one of the easiest ways to take a good photo um, or to shoot a good video is to really pay attention to ambient light. And by ambient light, I mean sun. Mm-hmm. So window light is one of the most flattering lights you can use. Like right now, as I'm talking to you guys, I made sure that I situated myself in front of a large window Mm -hmm. so that I was nicely lit. You want to be careful about having a really, really bright light source behind you because most cameras will automatically adjust for whatever the brightest thing in the room is. So if the brightest thing in the room is behind you, you're going to become a silhouette. Mm -hmm. So if you can have one light source that is a window, if you don't have actual like a lighting kit, and then everything behind you is darker, that's generally going to give you a really beautiful light. Most people have kind of figured this out now with iPhones and like the reverse camera and the selfie thing. Like most people have kind of figured that out. But also too, to just consider um, open shade is good if you're outside. Um, Generally, if you're shooting at high noon when the sun is directly above you, it'll cast really ugly shadows onto your face. You'll get those holes in your eyes and it's really, really unattractive. So try to move into shade, but face towards wherever the opening in the shade is. Um, those are just some kind of easy tips to just make sure that you're lit as as nicely as possible. So if you want to shoot like a sex video or something at home, try to put your camera between um, the window and yourself and uh, make sure that the curtains behind you or blinds behind you are closed. And generally you'll get a, a pretty nicely lit scene. And I think a lot of people try to do their sexy things like at night and says like do it in the day. And maybe that's what your partner did when he sent me the video before you two were together. She, there's her, her current partner, someone that I hooked up with two different times. And he sent me this, this video of him uh, wanking himself. And I showed her as way before they were together. And she's like, this is, it's nighttime. And this is from the day. Yeah. It's probably not what he did. It it's probably old from his spank bank. <laughs> there's so, so many little lighting tripods too. If you want to yeah. take some sexy photos at night, you can get the, they're, $40. And oh my God. Yeah. Amazon has, I mean the, the most flattering light. Cause again, it's like, you want to always place like the camera usually in the middle of the light source are those ring lights that yeah. come equipped with a tripod that you have a slot that you can literally slide your phone 
into the middle of the ring light. Mm -hmm. And that is just like, because shadowless lighting is the most beautiful lighting. Yeah. And that's it. So yeah, if you need to shoot something at night, which is totally understandable, um, you can get those on Amazon for like less than $40. Like they're Mm -hmm. super cheap. Your photos, I was checking out all of uh, your website, which you can tell folks how to find you in a minute, but your photos are incredible. Not only are they, they're very rich, like the, the, all of the textures that you use, the lighting's of course on point, but they're very, they're erotic and sexy, but they're so tasteful and beautiful. And, and I, I love, I would, I would put some of that work on my walls. It's just beautiful. So thank you. You're such a talented human. Can you share with our listeners, obviously Holly Randall unfiltered is your podcast. Can you tell folks how to find you work with you all the things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Holly Randall. My podcast is Holly Randall unfiltered. Like you said, you can go to my website, hollyrandallunfiltered.com, which is where um, you can get all the information on my podcast, um, the link to my YouTube channel, which is literally just youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. My not safe for work website where you can see all my photography is hollyrandall.com. My Patreon is hollyrandall. No, it's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You know, I literally just this morning created a link tree which I attached to my Instagram. And as the day's gone on, I've realized like how many goddamn links I have mm-hmm. that I need to put on there. So if you go to my Instagram and you hit the link, tr- the clip, the link in bio, it'll take you to my link tree, which will have all of the links. Mm. We need to do that. We do need to do that. And yeah. I absolutely love talking to you, Holly. Yeah. You're so amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the stories thank that you, you. shared, I can't wait to listen to more episodes and go back to the episode number nine. That's so powerful. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Of course. And thank you. Awesome mm-hmm. to have you. Now you have to go throw the ball for your dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, they're literally like at my feet staring at me like, like are we going Mom, now? Are we going now? Are we going now? <laughs> done yet. Done yet. Well, to mm-hmm. all of our listeners out there, make sure you check out Holly Randall's Unfiltered Podcast. She is incredible and entertaining and we are going to be on her show as well so tune in for that check out all the pleasure podcasts they're so cool there's so many we good have the choices. best network whether you're poly or you're into talking to your mom about sex you've got all sorts of options yeah. there uh so to our listeners we will see you next tuesday remember if you haven't done so go to marginswine.com to check out why amy and i love small boutique beautiful wine we're both on a detox right now which is a bummer we miss it we miss it but mm-hmm. you know what soon it will be over and we will be enjoying that wine again so remember marginswine.com limited release sign up for that newsletter we will see you all again next tuesday and maybe next friday we're still deciding ciao for now don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more and for 15 percent off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com